0: Okay, it was Sunday morning when church was about to begin, and the people were just standing around, catching up, shooting the breeze, you know, the neighborhood news, when all of a sudden, the devil appeared in the church. The people ran out of the church screaming. It was chaos, fear, except for one woman. She just sat there cold as a cucumber, didn't do a thing. She doesn't scream, she doesn't run out, she just sits there. Well, the devil sees her, looks at her, then goes right up to her, gets right in her face and says, do you know who I am? The woman replies, yes, I know who you are, you're the devil. The devil asks the woman, aren't you afraid of me? The woman calmly says, no, I'm not afraid of you at all. The devil asks, then why aren't you afraid of me? To which the woman replies, because I've been married to your brother for 30 years. (laughs) Isn't that terrible? That is just terrible. I don't know who wrote that. Mom, are bugs good to eat? Asked the little boy. Let's not talk about such things at the dinner table, said the mom. Well, after dinner, the mother said, okay, son, we're done with dinner. Now, what did you want to ask me? Oh, oh, nothing, said the boy. There was a bug in your suit, but now he's gone. (laughs) All right, no more jokes. That's it, I promise. So let me ask you a question. What do you think is the most famous verse in the world? Probably most people, maybe not most, but a general amount of people would know. Anybody want to guess? Who thinks it's John 3.16? Okay, I, I would agree with you that probably that's the most famous verse in the world. And I think also that, um, <clears throat> you know, I remember as a kid, you'd be watching football games. Remember that? They kicked the field goal and someone would hold up a sign that said what? John 3.16, Okay. Well, the other day, and when I mean the other day, that can be anywhere from last week to six years ago, in case you're wondering, I thought to myself, I wonder what the most famous chapter in the Bible is. Well, I got to thinking maybe it's Genesis 1, the story of creation. I mean, a good amount of people know about God and creation. Some people might say, well, maybe it's Luke chapter 2, the, the birth story of Jesus, Some might say, well, maybe it's John 14, let not your heart be troubled. I've heard that quoted quite a bit. But I got to thinking, I wonder if the most famous chapter in the Bible is, any guesses? What what were some of them? 1 Corinthians 13, that would be a good one. Psalms 23, anybody else? Exodus 20, commandments, that's good. Romans 8. Anybody else? You're all wrong. It is Zechariah chapter 4. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Psalms 23, I think, would probably, in my opinion, it, it, you know, no wrong answers here, could be the most famous chapter in the Bible. So Dan's going to put it on the screen for us, and I thought we would all read it together, okay? Okay. Psalms 23 is, tonight we talk about some principles from Psalms 23. All right, verse number one. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me, and the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. And I love this verse, say it with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And may the Lord add blessings to the reading of his word. Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, Lord, I really need your help tonight. Now, Lord, first of all, I ask forgiveness for the many things I think, say, and do that break your law. But Lord, you know, I've, uh, I, I rarely get sick. It's been years. But naturally, right before Sherathon, I get sick. And uh, I didn't have a, hardly a voice at all on Friday, Lord. You've helped to rebound. But I am not, I'm not 100%. I pray that you would touch my physical body. I pray that you would just give me strength, give me clarity of thought, that I might get the cobwebs out. Lord, I I really have something I want to say that I believe you gave me, and I pray that you would help me, Lord, to do the best that I can to do your word justice. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So forgive me, my mouth is dry. The medicine I'm on really drives me out, so excuse me, I, I apologize. I might even have to chew on a cough drop while I'm up here, but we'll we'll give it a roll. So Psalms 23, probably one of the most famous chapters in the Bible. I haven't done a ton of funerals, but I've participated in a lot of funerals, and I've read Psalms 23 I don't know how many times at funerals. I think it's very appropriate. I've heard Psalms 23. Probably, even since we were little kids, we could quote psalms 23 maybe you heard it in junior church or a sunday school or as a kid very famous well i would like to talk about just very briefly four principles from psalms 23 now number one here we go david knew the lord was his shepherd number one david knew the lord was his shepherd David could say the Lord was a shepherd because Jesus was his shepherd. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. You know, I was thinking that right now, how awful what's going on in the Middle East. Isn't that terrible? And it's, we're in uproar about what's happening to the innocent. And there's a lot happening to the innocent. And there's a lot of people uproared about and I, I hate to even say it, the beheading of babies. Isn't that terrible? Now, I'll say something to you, and I'm not trying to be off color. How thick is a, is a, is a woman's stomach? I don't know, inch? You, you know where I'm going with this, right? In this country, for years, you could kill them on the inside, but we have a heart attack when you kill them on the outside. You know what that is? That's wickedness of men. You know, issue one, they're trying to say there's no limits. That means all the way up to nine months. That's absolute positive wickedness. And Dan just told me this today. I didn't know this. Did you know there's an issue two? Has to do with marijuana being legalized. That is a train wreck. There is not a state in America that that's been passed, and that's been a good idea. You know why? Why? Because the Lord's not their shepherd. They're doing what they think is right in their own eyes. And we're sending and spending billions, if not trillions of dollars to try to go all the way to Mars to see if there's life on earth, but we refuse to acknowledge that a heartbeat is life. You know what that is? The Lord's not their shepherd. Money is their shepherd. Science is their shepherd. And guess what we're getting? Chaos. Absolute chaos. And you think it's bad now. This is, this is kindergarten compared to where this world's going to go. The farther you get away from God, the worse that it gets. Go back to Noah's day. Well, if we didn't have rules, it would all be gummy bear and lollipops. No, go back and what, say it was violent is what it was. You probably couldn't even walk out of your house without getting attacked. Jesus is the good shepherd. David knew the shepherd. And I love this. The shepherd knew David. John chapter 10. But ye believe not because you're not of my sheep. As I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice. I love this. And I know them and they follow me and i give unto them eternal life oh and this gives me a happy bubble and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand i'm telling you when you're in god's grip there ain't nothing getting you out of god's grip not a thing now i can say let me pick on let me pick on edgar edgar's a good guy i can say hey edgar's my friend but just because I say Egger's my friend, that doesn't mean that I'm his friend. You see where I'm going with this? I'll get that in your mind. I can say Egger's my friend. I like Egger. I know Egger. Does that mean Egger, that I'm Egger's friend? Not necessarily. I mean, have you ever had people you thought were your friend and you've turned out what? They weren't your friend. We'll talk about that more in a second. <coughs> David knew he was saved. David was acknowledging Jesus as what? His shepherd. He knew also that Jesus knew him because of a personal relationship. It was personal. He knew him. Psalm 62. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh, say it with me, my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. David knew it wasn't works that got him saved. It was a relationship with God. Now, of course, they look to the cross. We understand the Old Testament. Many people, this is sad, many people are walking around the world today thinking, hey, the Lord's my shepherd. I mean, they argue, hey, David, I mean, Psalms 23, I know the Lord's... I can recite Psalms 23. I can recite it. Millions of people know Psalms 23. It's on plaques. You see it everywhere. You go down to Amish country, it's all over the place. It's read at funerals, times of trials and tribulations. Politicians quote it. Actors in movies quote it. It's been used at the bedside of many dying people. All those are good reasons. Valid reasons. But the problem is, the Lord's not their shepherd. Unfortunately, for millions of people, it's a one-way relationship. Because they think they know the shepherd, but they don't. I can say, hey, he's my friend. And maybe he is to me, but that doesn't <coughs> excuse me. That doesn't mean that they think of me as the friend. People today say, hey. Jesus is my friend. He's my co-pilot. They even sing, Jesus, take the wheel. But we know the truth, don't we? Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in that name be cast out devils, and thy that name done many wonderful works. And these, to me, is one of the most saddest verses in the Bible. And then what I profess uh, unto them, profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Many are saying, the Lord's my shepherd, the Lord's my shepherd, the Lord's my shepherd. But Jesus says, I'm not your shepherd. I don't know you. As a matter of fact, I've been calling you, but clearly the Bible says, my sheep, what? Hear my voice, and they follow me. I've been trying to call to you, but you've been listening to the wrong shepherd. Boy, our world's in a mess today because people are walking around, listening, following, watching the wrong shepherd. And I'm telling you, it's bad. But can I tell you something? It's always been bad. Sin has always been sin. Wickedness has always been wicked. And what does sin always bring? It brings death. Beloved, if you're in the auditorium, listening by radio, watch it on Facebook, make sure that you know the shepherd, and most importantly, make sure the shepherd knows you. Yeah. You may be saying, "The Lord's my shepherd, but is he? Are you saved? I, am, I can almost say with 100 percent certainty that someone watching by Facebook, that maybe even someone in this auditorium, and I think the thousands that are listening by radio, someone right now under my voice either here in the auditorium, in the car, their vehicle, whatever, the radio, Facebook, they don't know the shepherd. They've been trying to get there by works. They've been trying to get there by communion. They've been trying to get there by church membership. They may have gone to a church their whole life, but they've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. What are you confessing? You're confessing that I used to think it was communion. I used to think it was baptism. I used to think it was good works. I'm now turning and I'm confessing Christ that he is the only way to salvation. Beloved, if you're under my voice right now, radio listeners, you listen to me. And I mean this in total love. Stop putting it off. Get saved tonight. Pull the vehicle over right now, bow your head, confess Christ is your Savior, and make Him your shepherd. I try my best, my very best. I'm on the radio for three hours a day, 15 hours a week. I try my best to get the gospel every hour. Sometimes I don't make it. I try my best. Why? Because I'm telling you, there's always somebody listening who thinks they know the shepherd, and guess what? They don't know the shepherd. My wife was talking to someone at Lakeside. I told you this story before. He now has passed away. And my wife was witness to him and talking to him. And she mentioned that I worked for 90.5 Clean Air. And he says, oh yeah, I listen to that station all the time. And you know what he said? He said, yeah. That station is always trying to get people saved. All they talk about is the gospel. You know what I said? Glory to God. I'll take that. You want to call us the, the Jesus station? I'm completely fine with that. You want to say we're the weirdos that want to get you to heaven? I'm like, then I'm Dr. Weirdo. That's fine by me. Statistically, they say that up to 35% of people listening to Christian radio aren't saved. I think it's higher than that. I'm not going to start naming denominations, but we could, couldn't we? That they think they're saved. They go to church every Sunday. But they wouldn't know the gospel if it landed in their lap. Because their pastors aren't preaching it. Why? I don't think they're saved themselves. Right. Beloved, do you know the shepherd? Do you know the shepherd? Point number one. David knew the Lord was a shepherd. David was saved. Are you saved tonight? Facebook, radio, church service. It'd be a shame to walk out of here. And you not know for sure that you're saved. Amen. Yeah. Point number two. David declared that the Lord was his shepherd. Now hold on, David. That sounds like a repeated point. Well, we know that Jesus was his shepherd because of salvation. But I'm also here to say that David said Jesus wasn't just my shepherd. He was my king. David was saying because he's my shepherd, my king, he's all I need. Remember, he says here, the Lord is my shepherd. Finish it. I shall not want What David was saying was, he's my everything. Jesus is all I want. Jesus is all I need. He said it better in Psalms 18 too. You remember what he said? The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer and my God and my strength in whom I will trust. I love that verse. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Jesus was his shepherd, but he wasn't just his shepherd. David was declaring, He's my Lord. He's my King. He's my rock. He's my salvation. Here we go. He's my owner. He's my boss. He's everything I need. I don't need anything else. He's Mr. Everything to me. Beloved, can I ask you a question tonight? Many people shout, Ah, the Lord is my shepherd! And they're saved. They're saved. They're on their way to heaven. But guess what? He's not king of their life. No. He's not their everything. Every day they make decisions concerning their job, their finances, their future, their family, their budget, their time. And sadly, God is the furthest thing from their mind. People go out and do whatever they want. And God is the last thing that comes to their mind about the decisions they're making. I understand that political scene in America is not exactly positive right now. I mean, I can't wait for the election to be over. You know why? I am sick and tired of these political commercials. They about drive me, and they hardly even started yet. And all they do is yell at one another. Isn't, doesn't it drive you nuts? And no matter what it is, it's always the worst. If you vote for John Doe, you're voting for Satan. I'm like, stop it. In the second grade, he called his teacher a nana head. I'm like, stop it. Stop talking about everyone else. What are you going to do? You know why they never talk about what they do? Because they don't do anything. Oh, what's the Republicans been doing this last week? Clowning around. They knew who they were going to elect a week ago. Knock it off. It's all a big dog and pony show. Everybody knows what's going on. Don't walk around. Well, we didn't know. You knew exactly what you were going to do. It drives me absolutely bananas. And they're playing with people's lives. That's why my hope is not in the White House. My hope is not in Congress. My hope is not in politics. And I understand there's some good people running, and I know that. But I'm here to tell you, if your hope is in the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the Green Party, the Blue Party, or the Purple Party, I'm here to tell you, you're going to be a party pooper because you're in trouble. You're in trouble. They're going to let you down. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. I love that. I love that thought. Many people shout, the Lord's my shepherd. He's not. You may be saved, but is he Lord of your life? You may be saved, but is he king of your life? Is he your fortress? Is he your deliverer? Is he your rock? Does your life reveal it? Many of you know my neighbor, Nancy Taylor. She went home to be with the Lord. Her grandson, Trajan, I try to catch him once a week. He's kind of walking the bus the same time I'm leaving for radio. And I embarrass him because I talk to him in front of all his friends. You know what I tell Trajan? Hey, Trajan, how you doing? He's very close to his grandma. I said, Trajan, I'm praying for you. He said, I appreciate that. I said, Trajan, I know the holidays are coming up. I said, they're going to be tough. But I said, you know, you lean on God. Today, ask asked him how football go. He was talking back and forth. I have tried my best, my very best, to go out of my way to talk to him. Now, I know he looks at me, some like fat old white guy. I know that. But I am trying to make inroads with him. Did you know he got saved listening to the radio station on Jackaled? Did you know that? I've been waving at his dad for how long have they lived there? Ten years? I have no idea. I try my best, my very best, to be his friend. We took them dinner, and guess what I'm going to try to do? Hold me to it. I'm going to try to get him on friend day, get him here. Amen. Amen. Why? Because everybody needs a shepherd. Right. Everybody needs a shepherd. Yes. I talk to my neighbors just like you talk to your neighbors. My wife, is. she's been working on her neighbors down the street for the longest time. Our little dog, Sophie, plays with their little dog. It it looked like two fur balls running around. I came in last night. Was it last night? I walked in. Sophie's on the couch. (laughs) I'm like, what are you so tuckered out for? I was like, she was playing with the neighbor's dog. Sophie was just like a big marshmallow, man. She was out of it. Say, David, what do you talk about your stupid dog for? Because that little stupid dog is an inroad to talk about their dog, which is an inroad to talk about the gospel. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. Beloved, I'm asking the question tonight. Does the grocery store person know that the Lord is your shepherd? The person you go to get your gas, do they know that the Lord is your shepherd? I loved it when Mrs. Morrow worked at Miller's. I loved it. Because she would shout at me, Brother Weirich, across the Millers, and I loved it. First couple of times, people looked at her like she had four heads. Like, that's your brother? (laughs) I try to pass out gospel tracts. I try to talk to them. I love to whistle. I whistle all the time. Sometimes I get myself in trouble. I'll whistle in the bathroom. Probably not a good idea. I'm not perfect. Sometimes I'm the biggest dummy in Clyde. But I'm trying to let people know that the Lord is my shepherd. Beloved, I hope you do that. I hope at your workplace. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be perfect. Just let people know. Let them know that the Lord is my shepherd. Point number one, David knew the Lord was a shepherd. David was saved. Are you saved tonight? Point number two, David declared that the Lord was a shepherd. He was his king, his boss, his everything. What is Jesus to you? Number three, David let the Lord direct, lead, and restore him. Think about this. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I love that verse. He leadeth me the path of righteousness for his name's sake. David had peace that only comes from spending time with God. Psalms eighteen six. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Psalm sixty-three. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness I can relate. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches. As I get older, I have trouble sleeping at night. I know to some of you I'm just a kid. But I'm here to tell you I don't feel like no kid anymore. Okay. And I'm on this medicine, and this dumb medicine wakes me up at 3 a.m. every morning. I don't know why. It's the dumbest thing in the world. So I start off because I have some physical problems. I start off from the clatter, Sophie and me. And I lay there with my my legs crossed like this, and Sophie lays right there on my shins. And she's like a fireball. And then as she lays there, she kind of moves and then moves. And sometimes she lays on her back like this. I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. So I wake up, like a lot of men my age have to do, wake up at night, and then I go upstairs, and I let Sophie go in the, in, in the boy's bedroom, and I lay down. And sometimes I cannot lay, I can go up to sleep. And sometimes I'll go to bed early, and guess what time I wake up? Class? Three o'clock in the morning. It's the dumbest thing in the world. And you ever lay there and you don't want to look at the clock? Because you know what time it is. So you try to go like this. Hoping if you squint your eye enough, it'll turn it to 5:30 in the morning when the line's supposed to go off. And what climb it is? It is three in the morning. But you know what I found out I do to help me go to sleep? I listen to Pastor Holmes's sermons. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. Some of you are falling asleep. I just said that. You know, wake you up a little bit. I try to pray. I try to recite all the verses I know and that takes about 13 seconds. So then I just start praying. Now sometimes, sometimes I get up, you're gonna think I'm really weird. You know what I do sometimes? I come into the rail station. If I'm gonna lay here, I might as well get something done. Now, if there's ever you ever stop by at 4 a.m., you're welcome to stop by, but you're gonna see me in my pajamas. I have my slippers on my little furry little slippers Lucas got me for Christmas. And I'll work, I tell you what, you get tons of stuff done at 4 a.m. Because there's no interruptions. The Lord is my shepherd. David allowed God to direct his steps. David depended on his relationship with the shepherd, his Lord, his king. Unfortunately, many Christians today, many churches today don't have peace. They don't have direction. They're not in the path of righteousness because they're not allowing God to direct their paths. I love this verse in John 14. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let me read this to you real quick. We're almost done. Peace is one of the great things of the Bible, someone once said. In the 14th chapter of John, Jesus leaves the disciples a lasting legacy. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So someone once said, what is peace? Is peace the absence of problems and pressures? And the answer is no. These are a part of the givens of our lives. Is peace the absence of all conflict? What is the answer? No. I mean, if you're married, you know for sure it's no. There are times even when Jesus, ready, calls us into conflict with destructive forces of our life. Peace is really built on the promise of His presence. His presence is peace, not life. Not the lack of problems. Not the lack of conflict. Peace is only found in the presence of Jesus. Peace is built. He said, peace I leave with you. It's the Holy Spirit. The peace of the 23rd Psalm is built on that great promise. The Lord is my shepherd. That is the one critical constant in the changes of our lives. I love this thought. The psalmist sees God in control of his life. Therefore, David has peace. Once again, many Christians have turned their relationship with God into a one-hour church service that they attend three times a month. And we wonder why there's no peace, no direction, no comfort, and no impact in this world. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to the owner's standing and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I tell my junior, kid, junior church kids all the time this phrase. This is not original with me. There are two choices on the shelf. Serving God and serving self. The devil makes us think there's a middle ground. There is no middle ground. You're either serving the Lord or you're not serving the Lord. You're either with God or you are, or better yet, you're with Satan. Many Christians struggle with peace, direction, comfort, because they will not submit themselves to God. James chapter 4 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye you sinners, and purify your hearts, ye you double-minded. Friend, is he your shepherd? Is he your Lord? Is he your peace? Is he your direction? He can be all of that tonight if you choose to let him. The Lord is my shepherd. Well, point number one, David knew the Lord was a shepherd. David was saved. Are you saved tonight? Point number two, David declared that the Lord was a shepherd. His boss is everything. Who is Jesus to you tonight? Point number three, David let the Lord direct and lead and restore him. Are you letting the Lord direct you tonight? And point number four, David knew he was not alone in the valley. For sake of time, we won't read verses four through six. We already read them. But David certainly knew what it was like to be in the valley. I mean, whether it was Saul trying to kill him, or ridiculed by his brothers, or alone in the wilderness, David knew. But no matter how dark, no matter how scary, no matter how difficult the valley was, David knew that the Lord, the shepherd, was with him. David, the shepherd, had confidence. He had a tried faith, a strong faith, a trust in God, because you've been delivered so many times. You will see that in many of David's trials and tribulations that God didn't take the trial away, but instead and strengthened David to go through the trial. Who killed Goliath? David. Now, he's, well, God directed, I know. God could have not killed, God killed Goliath on the spot. Of course he could. But who did he use to do it? David. Christians, I say this in love, stop running from Goliath. Some of you have been running from Goliath your whole life. And God says, would you please stand up to Goliath? I'll help you slay him, but I'm not going to do it for you. We're going to do it together. But I can't do it if you keep running. Who is Goliath in your life? Tell God, God, together, let's kill Goliath, finally, whatever it might be. He was with them with King Saul. He was with them with his king. He was with them in the many wars with the Philistines. Many Christians today are not leaning on God in times of trials because they don't lean on God in time of good. So when the trials come, then they're searching for God. Friend, if you're not walking with the Lord, you can start to change that tonight. David knew the Lord was a shepherd. David was saved. Are you saved tonight? David declared that the Lord was his shepherd, his king, his boss, his everything. Who is Jesus to you tonight? David let the Lord direct, lead, and restore him. Are you letting the Lord direct you tonight? David knew he was not alone in the valley because he had a constant walk with the Lord on the mountain. Are you walking with the Lord tonight? Someone wrote this. I'll say this in closing. The Lord is my shepherd. That's relationship. I shall not want. That's supply. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That's rest. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That's refreshment. He restoreth my soul. That's healing. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. That's guidance. For His name's sake. That's purpose. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's protection. For Thou art with me. That's faithfulness. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's comfort. Thou performst. Uh, prepares the table before me the presence of my enemy, that's hope. Thou knowest my head with oil, that's consecration. My cup runneth over, that's abundance. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, that's blessing. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord, that's security. Forever, that's eternity. The Lord is my shepherd. Father,